Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 614 on this Tuesday morning, January 17th. A couple of spritzels on the windshield as I was driving in from the West Bank. Officially 20% chance for showers today. Warm and humid. Warm tomorrow. Highs near 80 with a 20% chance for showers. Low front comes through. Less humid Thursday. Highs of 70. Then it really cools off Friday. Highs of 58. 20% chance for showers. And then weekend, not so much for outdoor activities. 70% chance for showers. Saturday, highs of 60. 60% chance for showers on Sunday, highs of 56. Right now in the Crescent City, you got to look out, like I said, for a spritzel here or there. That's my own concoction, which is where you got to have the intermittent windshield wipers on, but then it aggravates you because they're not going at the right speed. You know what I mean. 66 degrees if you average average the temperatures in the area. A windshield wiper is certainly a minor concern when you look at crime in the Crescent City. Peter Scharf joins us now, adjunct professor, criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine. Dr. Peter Scharf, good morning, sir. Good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, we just got the, yeah, we just got our numbers in about 2022, and it's a disaster. It's like uh, the day after Pearl Harbor, the battleships are in the bottom of the water. You know, and uh, how do we rebuild, Tommy? What do we do? Well, that's what we're going to talk about. I saw a story here at WWL.com. Newell was talking to our fr- our mutual friends. Newell and Raphael Goyaneche were talking, and um, they said that New Orleans crime stats show drop in three of four categories, but that's just halfway through the month of January. Is that statistically, and I'm not trying to criticize anybody here, I'm just wondering, Is that can you draw anything from that? No. Okay. <laughs> it's That's a simple answer. Example. That's what I thought. It just seems like and, it's kind of early. And, and I appreciate everybody being optimistic, but it is early. Yeah, and, and also, you know, the uh, dead body standard is real in a sense. It's hard to lose the body. Some of the other crime stats are maybe reporting differences, reporting errors. Uh, they're much more squishy, let's say. So until those numbers go quite a while, um, you know, no hurrahs, right? So we got a lot of meetings going on today. I think it's the what? The NOLA Coalition tomorrow. The city council has a special meeting to talk about crime. How important is that all of these different groups get on the same page, or are they on the same page already? No. Okay. We need to. Some, you know, there's some commonalities and concerns, but we need a coherent citywide plan to dig out of the hole we got ourselves into. You know, had we let it go this long? Uh, and, um, you know, and I think the groups are very sincere, by the way, all the people I've spoken to. And we, in the meeting I'm going to today, you know, we have people from the city, we have people from many of the not-for-profits, um, you know, I think we're going to have 25 people at it. This is a thought leader meeting. but and, and I know the city council meeting will be intense, too. But the question I have, uh, there's a guy named Clayton Christensen from the Harvard. He was from the Harvard Business School. 
and he talked about sustaining change and disruptive change. Sustaining change means you keep doing something continually. Uh, disruptive change is you need a fundamental departure from what you're doing. And this is my question to all of the meetings going on. How fundamental, how basic is this change? Is this, does this qualify as disruptive change? And I think it does to get out of it, only if we want to get out of it. If we don't want to get out of it, we just keep doing what we're doing. But if we want to dig out of this, we've got to think out of the box, think imaginatively, redesign the system. What we have obviously is not working. So we got to do better. But you want disruptive change that is continuing, right? I mean, it starts off as disruptive. Oh, yeah, but then- you've got to absolutely. You got to keep doing it. But uh, you got to. But you need to define a model that will control violence in the city. Uh, and, and you know, I sent you the data that just came out from the Metropolitan Crime Commission, uh, Dr. Molly Miller. You know, it's interesting. The victims of murders are much older than you would think. They're 31 years old, average. You see now, the perception uh, is that they're teenagers, right, Peter? Or young adults? kids with zip guns. You yeah. know, this was when we were kids. But no, no, these, uh, you know, now they're reports that we've all heard of machine guns on the streets. This is not a game. You know, and the, the numbers, you know, you're back to the 90s. We, we talked about the horrible 90s. We're there, you know. So we got to figure, and, you know, when Pennington came in in 1994, they had 421 murders, and they got it down to 159 five years later. Can we do the same thing? You, you know what we I would can. like to do, Peter? Let me take a break. When we come back, I would like you to take us through the years because it seems like different superintendents have implemented different models from what I'm reading. Some work better than others, perhaps. What can we infer from that and then maybe use going forward? All right. Peter Scharf, our guest, Dr. Peter Scharf, adjunct professor, criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine, talking about crime in the New Orleans area. If you have any questions or comments, the Oakland Art Jeweler Talk and Text Line is open, 504-260-1870-620 on a button. Time to look at traffic now on WWL. 624, Tommy Tucker, WWL, taking our weekly deep dive into crime with Peter Scharf. Dr. Peter Scharf, adjunct professor, criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine. So, Peter, you got to figure out what you're going to do, right? If you f- plan to fa- if you fail a plan, you plan to fail. So, you got to figure out what you're going to do and what works. So, looking back, maybe to the '90s, different superintendents, what approaches did they use? What worked and what didn't? Well, that's a great question. Uh, you know, I came the same day as Pennington in 1994. I worked with him in D.C., and uh, he was in a class I had at at, uh, American University in Washington. And and he came down, he's kind of interesting, he spent a year figuring it all out and getting stabilized. And uh, and then he built the police department, he fired uh, a third of the police department, got rid of them, thought they were corrupt or whatever, and then rebuilt it to a, a high level, approaching 1,700 officers. And then they, in effect, did saturation policing. You know, they'd, I had a friend, uh, 
uh, is still around who was there and said, you know, they'd uh, say, go arrest five people uh, by lunchtime and you can go home. You know, so there was a focus on arrest. They Wait, who would go around. home? Who would go home? The criminal or the who would go the, home? The, the police officer could go home. Oh, okay. This guy told me. Right. Now, can't verify it. I got you. But uh, it was uh, very personal intensive, arrest intensive, and they reduced bludgeon crime down. And it went, uh, you know, from 421 to 159 five years later. It was like night and day. Uh, you know, and then as you go forward, uh, Compass had a much more, any Compass took over in 2001 and had a much more personal style. And uh, and his the murder totals during his administration were up and down, but uh, it, it went reasonably well. Uh, and then, uh, you know, you go forward. Warren Riley had what was called hotspot policing. And he'd take the hotspots, the highest crime areas in the city, and he'd sit on them with intensive tactical uh, patrol. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Ronnie Surpass had a, you know, came from Nashville. He was here, came from Nashville, Washington State Patrol and developed a, a, a department-wide focus on crime control. Again, very arrest-focused, very aggressive, uh, and pretty effective, taking the murder rate from uh, about 200 in, uh, in 2010 to, uh, you know, down to 140-40. Uh, and then Mike Harrison took over. And he had continued the surface policies, essentially, and, but had kind of a more community policing focus and went down further. And he and Noel, he was the deputy chief, brought it to 119, which is the lowest point in 50 years, in, uh, in uh, 2019. Now, for mayor we get problems. You know, the murder rates began to rise in 2019. Let me take a step back for a second, Peter. Hang on. So let's talk about Harrison running the department. It was the mayor's decision to, uh, I think Harrison knew he was, the mayor was not going to retain him, Cantrell. So that's when he went to Baltimore. I don't know how he's doing in Baltimore, but is there any way, I guess, to say where the police department would be today? I know Mitch Landrew put the freeze on hiring officers. I don't know if that had anything to do with Harrison leaving because he saw what was going to, where where we were headed. You have to answer this when we come back, but I think it's an important turning point because you can look at it as if Chief Harrison was still here, where would we be? We hear from the officers over and over and over again about cronyism, and that's why so many are leaving or not coming in the first place. And if that's the case, well, did the cronyism start after Harrison left, or was it there? When did the attrition start? Uh, because we know when the hiring freeze started with Landrew, Mitch Landrew, I'd like, I think it was 2016, is that right, Peter? Or 2006? Right. Mitch right. Landrew was 2006, and, uh, right? Right. Yeah, okay, well, and, that's, uh, and that's where we'll pick it up. Um because I think we gotta we got to look at a couple of different sliding scales here, like a slide rule, and see what adds up to what. More with Peter Scharf when we come back. Time now for WWL First News. Here now, Ian Ozan. 
644-16 till 7. Quickly back to Dr. Peter Scharf, adjunct professor, criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine as we talk about violent crime. Peter, I want to talk about educating our way out of violence and policing and prevention, but I do want to go back for a second and just look historically um, at Michael Harrison. The hiring freeze was instituted by Mitch Landrew during Ronald Surpass's tenure in 2012, was it? I think so. And then I think there, I, I saw a story. So, also, uh, you know, I, it was my bad. It was um, Mitch Landrieu comes in in 2010. So in 2006, Megan was still there. Yeah. You know, so the, but, that question. But then they got the story that Surpass was telling, you know, Landrieu says he told Surpass when he hired him that, New Orleans was in a bad place, couldn't afford more officers and so forth. So this goes back a long ways. Michael Harrison, how would you, what grade would you give him as police chief of NOPD? And I'm just wondering the timeline of attrition. Landrew started a hiring freeze, but as far as officers leaving, today they say it's a morale problem with cronyism. What, what about Harrison's tenure here? Was, was anybody complaining of cronyism as far as you know, and were police officers just leaving the department in droves when he was the chief? Well, you know, Police always complain. It just comes with a beast, right? Uh, you know, and, and there always are these rumblings about different things. But Mike did a great job. You know, he continued the progression. Ronnie Serpas started this decline in murder from 193 in 2010 to one the, the violent point in 50 years, 119. Uh, Do you know about uh, officer Mike, attrition when Harrison was chief? I guess I'm trying to find a tipping point here where, and I know, you know, the union always has something to say, but if if cronyism really started when Sean Ferguson came in or that's when the attrition started, maybe you can see a cause and effect thing there. Well, cronyism in all departments all around the country is always an issue. You know, we all have cousins, we all have rabbis who protect us, you know, and, you know, you're not going to eradicate that. But it didn't become critical mass under Mike, and Mike has done a very good job up in Baltimore, although the murder rates are still stubbornly high. You know, there, no, there really aren't magic cures, you know, but we, we started to see a uh, decline in manpower, a decline in morale, and increase in murders in the, in the last six years, last four years. Uh, you know, uh, and how did, you know, and and, it, and you can't attribute it just to a mayor or to a police chief, to Sean or to Latoya. I don't believe that. But the, we let things slip. You don't get to 280 homicides in a year uh, from 119, counting in that metric, uh, you know, by accident. So something's happened, and it wasn't good. And we've got to really look ourselves in the mirror and say, what happened? What needs to be changed? What are the structural reforms? And that's where this uh, new style of policing, uh, prevention intervention, the theme of the city has got to be how do we prevent crime? How do we intervene the crimes that are in motion? And how do we do that legally and efficiently? And, you know, if we can't do that, I don't quite know where this is going to go. I don't think any of the experts uh, really know. 
and we've just got to tighten it up. And these meetings, I think, are helpful in defining what are the causes of the increases in murder, the decline in morale, the decline in number of officers. You know, again, the image of the department is critical. You know, I don't think NLPD right now is an employer of choice. How do they get back to being that? At one point, there will be clear uh, choice within the profession. And now I'm not sure. Now, let me take a break. We'll pick it up here. We come back. I think another big question about the search for a new superintendent is until you get that sorted out, are you really going to be able to do anything about attrition or attracting new officers? And, uh, you know, the cliche is fiddling while Rome burns, but we keep having meeting after meeting after meeting and political jousting and national search, not a national search. Michelle Woodfork, the interim superintendent, interim carries with it some problems in any organization and it just seems as though the people that live in new orleans are tired of it they want an answer people that travel and work and eat and dine and shop in new orleans are tired of it they want an answer but it seems like we just have a lot of meetings and i don't know of one concrete step that's been taken to change anything and i'll ask you that when we come back because i keep asking every guest every week all right what have we done what concrete what concrete steps have we taken to ease the crime problem in New Orleans, and I don't really get any answers. 650, 10 till 7, traffic now, WWL. From the Acadian Windows Insighting WWL Traffic Sensor, I'm Courtney P. Good morning. Downtown elevated very slow due to two problems in the area. First, debris in the road just before Poydras and the I-10 West exit being closed. That's right, you cannot access Lakebound Puncher Train Expressway right now from downtown. Headed out to Metairie, you do have to take the flyover and find other means of accessing that road. I-10 West New Orleans East to downtown, very heavy delay is now reaching 510 out past New Orleans East and creeping towards the Morrison Curve where a multi-accident is clearing there. And I-55 leaving Hammond headed to Punchatoula, still working a multi-car accident in the area. Delay now is at about a mile. Bonnie Carey Spillway, Laplace to Kenner do have a light delay as you enter the Spillway Bridge. And I-10 East Kenner to downtown New Orleans, moderate delay around the airport is lingering. Traffic is sponsored by Racetrack. 655 coming up on 656. couple of minutes left with Peter Scharf, adjunct professor, criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine. So, Peter, is anything moving forward in the search for a new chief? Can New Orleans do anything about crime until we get a new permanent superintendent in place? Is anything happening uh, to change? Great question. Let me make the 1996 2023 uh, analogy, okay? I think as when Pennington came in, you need to gut the place and reinvent it and make it better. The old system... Wait, but wait. Hang on one second. You you said you think that's what needs to be done? Yeah, radical... But how can you do that when you have... How can you do that when you have 900-something officers and you need 1,500 or 1,400? You've got to build it up. You, and this is what the coalition's recommended. You need to build it up. You need to uh, assure connectivity among the information systems. You need to become much better at analytics. And you, you, you need new tactics. And that's where the uh, prevention-intervention cycle comes in. You know, we're losing it. You know, 
And you, you, you go back to Mike, you know, when Mike uh, Harrison was here, when Surfest was here, you had continuous going from uh, 2010, you know, when Mitchell Andrew came in, to, uh, you know, 2019, you had uh, continuous drops in violent crime. And, uh, and then it started to 180 and go the other way, right? Mm-hmm. So you, you look at that and you say, and, and you can't just blame it on Sean Ferguson or the mayor or whatever. You're going to say, hey, you know, the system is not working. You better, re- that's where the disruptive change model comes in. You better rethink the whole operation get the right manpower there and you're right unless you get the manpower you're not going to be able to do much of anything we've got to say we've got a serious problem this isn't a head cold this is cancer and um figure out how do we how do we cure it how do we fix it we don't do that and we're continue limping along the way we we're going and that's you know that's an ugly old man's view but i think there's some truth in that no and and, and i think peter i think you're right but my concern about blowing it up and and reshaping it is how do you do that when the manpower is so low already and simultaneously attract officers who want to be here i don't see how that can happen am i missing something you know one you change the image and that's what linder in the 90s did a great job with proud to call it home you know proud to be an nlpd cop you're not embarrassing you work for NOPD. That this is we were the people who turned this horrible murder rate around. And and this could be a, a, the next adventure. To do that, I hate to say it, but you got I think I'd bring somebody from the outside in who's top quality, who's a transformational leader, who's a strategic leader. Not that Michelle, Michelle Woodfuck isn't. But I think if you're in the system, it's so hard to see it and to change it because you focus on people and relationships and past practices. Peter, I totally agree with you. I think you're right. And it's a hard thing to say, but I think you're right. Doing it is something else. Peter Sharp, thank you, sir. Adjunct professor, criminologist at LSU Health New Orleans School of Medicine. We'll continue to talk about law enforcement. But as it relates to Mardi Gras, when we come back, we'll talk with Arthur Hardy on WWL. WWL First News. Good morning at 7 o'clock. I'm Ian Ozan on your official weather station, WWL. Right now, the radar showing a handful of showers making their way into the New Orleans metro area. Things should dry up in the next couple of hours, though. Right now, 67 degrees in downtown New Orleans. Out the door this morning, certainly not chilly. We've actually had some showers around the area. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 